We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, it's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. And a very special guest today, perhaps the most special guest, Eric Branch, 49ers beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, one of the very best on the beat with with no no uh, offense meant to anybody else. Branch is just a, a truly wonderful, unique person, as you will hear on uh, on this pod. We talked to, to Branch about his trip to Marshall, Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota, where he got to talk to the people who know Trey Lance the best as a way to kind of dig in and get to know the 49ers number three overall pick. It's a fascinating conversation and stick around for the end because we got a story about Branch's trip that he has not even told his wife yet. So very exclusive stuff uh, on this interview. Uh, uh, I very sincerely hope you enjoy it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Eric Branch is here, which is just a delight in general, but he has done the full deep dive on Trey Lance. He has gone to Trey Lance's hometown of Marshall, Minnesota, his, their first visitor ever, and he also went and hung out at North Dakota State to get some to get some info on the 49ers number 3 pick. So Eric, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us on a on a Thursday evening. 
Well, just a pleasure to be here, guys. I appreciate you having me on. We very much appreciate uh, you being here. So, obviously, I mean, you, you've gotten to know Trey Lance better than probably anybody on the beat, I would say, at this point, because you have made the trip. You've, you've sat in the Lance living room where he, uh, you know, as you wrote in your story, sort of learned to, what was, to, what was the word you used? Like drop the shoulder on, on somebody. Oh, yeah. Carlton Lance, yeah. uh, yeah, for the full, the, for the full context, he was just telling me. So I'm sitting in the living room with Carlton and Angie Lance, Trey's parents, and he was pointing to a spot in the living room where he literally uh, explained to him, you know, when a defender goes at your legs, this is what you got to do. And his point was, you got to, you know, lower your shoulder and let him have it. And his quote was something effect. You've got to have malice in your heart. And you have to want to end his function. And I was just like, Oh, great. I think I have, I have a quote, you know, that's going to be up fairly prominently in this story. Uh, cause I really enjoy, uh, that, that idea of you telling your son to end someone else's function. Um, yeah. So that was the idea. I went, to, um, I mean, just so, as some background, you know, they sent me. To Marshall, it was just like, hey, go, you know, go to Fargo and go to Marshall and write this story. And I was like, well, if you're going to send me to this this place, you know, I better like evoke a sense of place. Like I'm there. So the story, and so my whole idea, I didn't really quite know what the story was going to be, but it was like it, it, it really has to be about the place where he's from and how it shaped him, you know, for better or worse. Because it's not like California, it's not Texas, it's not Florida. He didn't grow up, you know, going to, you know, quarterback camps. Uh, you know, Marshall, Minnesota is in this uh, very remote uh, part of the state, close to the South Dakota border. And it's like the closest town that has like, it's actually a decent sized town. It's like 13,000 and it has really kind of everything you need. It has you know, you know, it's not some, it's not Hicksville. Like it's got a cute downtown. It's got, uh, you know, a big Walmart. It's got like, you know, it's got big box stores. It's got restaurants. Um, it, it's high school is much nicer than, you know, any high school, you know, at least <laughs> around here. So <laughs> but it is in the middle of nowhere in that I think the closest town that has maybe 5,000 people is 50, 60 miles away. So it really is a, a bubble. And so my whole thought was like, this is a really unique place in, for an NFL quarterback to come from. And so that was my whole idea, but I didn't quite know exactly what the story was other than I better evoke you know, the sense of place. And I went to Fargo and I talked to you know, a couple of coaches and a couple of teammates. And then I went to his high school the next morning in Marshall and talk to, you know, some people. And honestly, I was getting a little stressed because I felt pressure because they're sending me and spending all this money and freelance photographers, and I'm going to come home with some lame story. And um, then I went to Carlton and Angie Lance's home, and it was just like, wow, this is the story because it was just this perfect, like Carlton Lance's dad is, um, you know, a former cornerback you know accomplished small college uh, player and played a little bit you know professional 
still in the CFL and, and the World League, and it's just like super intense. And you know, just the way he was sitting on on the couch, he was leaned forward, you know, elbows on his thighs and gesturing. And um, you know, he was all about you know be a competitor and how you have to be a competitor and what what all that means. And his mom is just the total opposite. I mean, she was leaned back. She had the dog on her lap who was sleeping. No dog could ever sleep on Carlton Lance's lap. (laughs) (laughs) Way too intense. And her whole thing is like, you, you know, if all you do, you know, in the NFL is um, are a successful quarterback, uh, then that's just a pity and a little bit of a waste because you have this platform and you can impact people. And she's very faith-driven and, you know, about education and, um, you know, just being a, a good person, you know, to put it simply. And so that was her message and this was his message. And I was like, well, this is like, this is the story. Because when you look at Trey Lance and, you know, kind of who he is, he is this, I, I mean, I as I kind of found, I don't pretend to like, oh, hey, you know, I am now the expert on Trey Lance, you know, listen to me, but he does have a very, I mean, it's so cliche, right? He's so competitive. Oh my gosh. You know, you know, it doesn't matter. Tiddly winks. Oh, he'd want to beat you. But it's like, he does have this competitive fury um, that, you know, that was infusing him by his dad um, by and large, I think. And I just left um, kind of that trip thinking, Watch your watch your back, Jimmy Garoppolo. You know this guy is coming at you, and you know maybe quite quickly. You know maybe more more quickly than we all realize, because um, I, I think he's just built that way. Um, so anyway, I'm going to shut up because I've been rambling. You're going to ask a question. Well, that's, that's literally why you're here. So. All right, uh, thank you. Okay, I'll keep. <laughs> So my my question would be, having been there, having spoken to his family and, you know, people that he's he's been around and, and played football with and for, obviously coming to the Bay Area and being an NFL quarterback for one of the most historic franchises in the NFL is much different than Marshall, Minnesota, North Dakota State, right? So what what did you learn about Trey Lance that makes you think he can or might struggle with the adjustment? Um, just in, in, in making that transition from a very small town, a very, a relatively small college football program to now being the center of the sports universe in the Bay Area and really, you know, one of the stories of, of the NFL throughout this offseason. Yeah. I think that's partially where his, um, faith might come in. You know, and again, I don't pretend to know all the, all the particulars and specifics of that. Um, but, you know, whether it's just on the exterior, you know, most of his uh, you know, tattoos are, are, are faith-based, um, you know, child of God. I thought it was, it was notable that um, it, after he was drafted, when he was talking to us, he said, you know, I'm just, you know, what are, I'm not a foot, I'm not just a football player. You know, this is not who, who I am. And that's like, whatever, maybe just a, a throwaway line. But I think, you know, I, I think as we all know, when you're drafted number three overall and they've invested four draft picks in you, 
usually the message is like, oh my gosh, football, football, football. That's all I'm going to think about. It's all I'm going to do. I'm going to be the best football player I can be. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for this opportunity. And so it's not that it's controversial, but just that he said that, um, and it has a perspective of like, I'm more than this. This is not all, all who I am. And I think that can help as far as what you're talking about, as far as pressure and expectations when that is not, you know, and again, there's the other side of him, uh, you know, which we can talk about, but when it's not like, this is who I, this defines me, you know, and this is all who I am. And you do have something else. You know, he talked to uh, a little bit to me about he wakes up in the morning and listens, uh, you know, to a, to a sermon. He does his devotional. And, you know, I think that that really can uh, ground him and, and maybe so, because you're right, the situation is he has spent his first, you know, basically 21 years within a 215-mile radius of, you know, what we would term, you know, the boonies. And it doesn't seem like that would equip you to handle this because he's not just the number three pick. He's a number three pick who, if he's as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not a bad NFL quarterback, he'll be deemed a massive disappointment. You know, they they invested four draft picks in the next Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. So if you look at it that way, he has tremendous uh, uh, pressure and expectations on him. And, and his parents recognize that and, and, and talked a little bit about, you know, they expected him to still be at North Dakota State. Um, and they would have been happy with that, you know, not because they don't think he's mature beyond his years and everything, but just that seemed to be a good situation. Everything has happened so fast. Um, you know, it was four years ago that he was in a senior. I mean, he had not graduated from Marshall High School. Um, so it has been just this kind of rocket ship ascent. And I think it's a lot for anyone. Um, but I, I've become, a, you know, since since my trip, I've become a bit of a, a bit of a Trey Lance believer. Uh, so yes, nothing will stop him. <laughs> I want to, I want to actually talk about that. You talk about this other side of him, this competitor that you see when you talk to his dad, when you left for, for Marshall, I imagine you had a thought on what Trey Lance's uh, first year ceiling was, but you just told us you, you walked away going, Jimmy Garoppolo, watch out. This guy is coming. Did your trip change your mind on that in, in any way? Or did you kind of think going out there that, that he would already be kind of on Garoppolo's heels? Yeah, well, of course I did research and, and you know, there been a fair amount of um, pre-draft free features written about him. So it's not like this was something I uh, uncovered uh, with great investigative work. Um <laughs> But it was just another thing to be talking to people face to face and, you know, maybe be able to draw them out a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it, my first trip at North Dakota State, it, it was, uh, you know, talking to some of his, his roommates and just the level of, you know, the film study, which again is another cliche and your eyes can kind of glaze over. Oh, he watches so much film. Um, but. You know, they're talking about, you know, Saturday nights after Saturday afternoon football games, everyone goes out and parties. I mean, they didn't say it you know, quite so explicitly, but, you know, everyone goes out and, you know, basically gets hammered and, and has a good time. And, and Trey Lance 
more often than not, as the stories go, would be like, no, I'm good, you know, and he'd hang back at his apartment after, you know, probably throwing four touchdowns and being the star. And instead of soaking all that up and, and all that comes with it, he'd hang out, watch movies, and so he could be up, you know, at 6 a.m. So he could be back in the, in the Fargo Dome where they're, you know, you can watch film, you know, by 7 a.m. So he could break down that game and then start looking ahead uh, to their next opponent. Um, and then there were just uh, story upon stories of just like that level, like kind of taking the cliche story and it was just another level to it. Um, you know, and so, you know, it, and the story was, you know, it, in high school kind of um, spurred on by his dad, but, you know, you know, saying, dude, you got to, get it together as far as if you want to, because he was going into eighth grade and he was talking about, yeah, I'm going to be a division one athlete. And, um, and it was, uh, there was just a, this moment at the YMCA where he was just kind of heaving. He was also an all state basketball player and he was just kind of mindlessly, you know, shooting shots with his dad and his dad was like, you know, no, when you shoot a jumper, you do this. And Trey was just like, kind of like dad enough. And it just became this transformative moment uh, because, you know, Carlton, you know, took him home uh, and his mom had to, you know, talk to him about Trey, you know, if you want to accomplish all these goals, you're going to have to, you know, pay the price. And so he kind of bought into his dad's, all his dad's, you know, talk about how you achieve athletic success. So he began, Carlton said, you know, I'm not going to wake you. Um, you know, it's going to be up to you. So he began waking his dad, you know, every day at 5 a.m., you know, uh, to sort of go to the Y to, to work out. Um, and, you know, these are – this is Marshall, Minnesota, and, you know, it could be in January. So it's like negative five and, you know, pitch black. So it's it's a level of sacrifice, you know, that was done consistently, um, you know, throughout his high school career. And then, you know, stories about – they'd come home from, you know, basketball game, you know, road basketball games and the road basketball games, because no one is, no schools are near or like two hours away. So I don't know what time they're getting back from road basketball games, but it's not 9, 9 PM. And then he'd hang out for two or three hours and lift weights. Um, and it was just like his best friend was like, dude, this is kind of getting absurd. Um, but it's <laughs> <laughs> just, you can go on and on with this, uh, you know, the sacrifices he's made. Um, and then, you know, he's even said his dad, cause I was asking him about trying to get at the whole idea of like, dude, you're a little, you're a little bit different, you know, like you have a, like, well, I realize to be an NFL player or whatever, you have to be competitive, but you have like a, maybe a competitive fury uh, about you. And he didn't, you know, he just said, yeah, I think my dad's kind of giving me something a little different than, than most people have. Um, so, you know, I go on and on about his, his work ethic and, and stuff like that. And it, but it was just like, yeah. Um, if you just look at his college career and all, all he accomplished and, you know, in one year he became the number three pick from an F, FCS school. And it's, you know, and you look at him and he's intelligent and, you know, he seems to have all, certainly the physical tools and he seems to have enough upstairs, uh, more than enough upstairs to get it done. So, yeah, uh, you know, there are significant hurdles, you know, 
I mean, this is not North North Dakota State offense is is maybe um, complex as it may be for college is not Kyle Shanahan's offense, and you know they're the external things, and, and so you know I'm not unaware of all those things, but I just think I, I after this trip I would no longer be surprised um, if he kicks Jimmy Garoppolo's butt all over the field in training camp. <laughs> so I, I was just going to ask how you think, you know, spinning this forward, what you think, you know, the next few months are going to look like. We got to see Trey Lance at minicamp on Friday, um, and we were joking a little bit about it before we started recording. Just, you know, it's not – you can't take a whole lot of stuff from a rookie minicamp, right? Particularly with seven-on-seven seven drills, there being zero defensive linemen participating at all. But it's still Trey Lance playing football, and we've seen there have been scenarios where rookies have come in and kind of, you know, looked like they weren't going to be any good during rookie minicamp, and then it turns out they weren't good. So there are things to learn from that standpoint. Like, there's a threshold of, like, all right, does this guy look like a competent NFL player? And Trey Lance clearly did. Um, but in the context of everything you're talking about, Eric, and, and just – how this is going to play out when we get into training camp and the eventual competition with Jimmy Garoppolo. Did you glean anything um, from watching Trey Lance practice for an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was last Friday? And just what were your takeaways given that, you know, all you know about Trey Lance and, and just sort of spinning this whole thing forward? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, there, there's a part of me, just to, before I answer your question, it's like, you know, the bus rate of NFL quarterbacks and it's like, you know, part of me is like, I hope this is not, you know, somehow it can be deleted, you know, within the next year or two. So when Trey Lance becomes a total bus, we don't have me saying he's <laughs> the next, the next big thing. Um, but so anyway, yeah, the thing is, who the heck knows, right? Um, because there have been other guys that it looks like they have it all and, and just for whatever reason doesn't work out. I guess to answer your question, it would be like, just like you see him and you're like, okay. That, that looks like an NFL quarterback. And then you see him throw and, uh, you know, he didn't like air it out. I think there was like one deep pass and, um, it, it wasn't in individual drills, but just the, you know, the way it came, came out of his hand, um, and all that stuff was impressive. But I, I just would hesitate to say much more, you know, because goodness, you know, they talk about Jamarcus Russell's pro day and, and, and everything else. And I, um, you know, I, I certainly don't think we're watching the next Jamarcus Russell, but it's just like, I mean, that's a pretty low bar to clear. Like you look like an NFL quarterback and you throw like an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, I would say he taught, unfortunately, he talks like an NFL quarterback too. Like he's already very polished and, mm. uh, and it's like, oh boy, you know, he's, you know, he's smart. And so he knows uh, all the right things to say. I, I do think there might be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, sorry. And this is kind of going in a, a different direction, but he was, um, uh, you know, he had a real voice, uh, last year during the, after George Floyd, uh, was killed and, you know, a conversation in America came up and, and he wasn't shy about expressing his opinion and being involved in marches and, you know, having talked about, you know, he does want to, you know, be something other than a guy who just throws a football really well. 
Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, he will veer from the, you know, very polished NFL quarterback mold in press conference and say, say meaningful things, at least when it comes to whether it be social justice or other things uh, going on. You know, perhaps not, and perhaps not at 21. Um, but I think as his career goes on, it wouldn't surprise me to, um, you know, I don't think it's controversial because people say, oh, he's going to be, you know, would be controversial. I don't think it's controversial to say, you know, police officers shouldn't kill innocent black people. So um, I just think he he may not be afraid to, you know, uh, speak his mind. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. When you were in Fargo talking to coaches, did Carson Wentz ever come up? Carson, yes, Carson no Wentz was, we were very close with Carson Wentz. As I was speaking to Randy Hedberg, associate head coach and quarterback coach, Carson Wentz was on like, like a life size Carson Wentz was on the wall of their meeting room. But, um, yeah, no, he, he talked about Carson Wentz and Easton Stick and even talk about like the greatest names, right? Um, like North Dakota State quarterbacks, Easton Stick. That's wonderful. Great name. Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, and then the guy before Carson Wentz is Brock Jensen. I mean, I mean that's this is free material for you guys. Um, but yeah, that, I just think that's that's just fantastic stuff. Um, they select their quarterbacks based on names. It's a good recruiting <laughs> exactly, thing, for exactly. sure. Of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he just talked about you know trying to compare them and how they're all different and how Carson was probably the less mobile of of them, but could still was athletic. And he's uh, Randy Hedberg, and again he's a former um, NFL quarterback, uh, been a head head coach in uh, college, and, and has been in North Dakota State uh, since I would say 2014. So he he you know started 
he was with Wentz and Easton Stick, who plays for the Chargers, and then Trey Lance. Um, and he specifically said, you know, what they sought were mobile guys had to move and they had to have a, a level of intelligence um, because they do demand a lot. You know, certainly it, it's not like an offense where you're looking to the sideline and, and you see the Mickey Mouse cue card and then you know your play. Um, you know, they're asked to do, you know, quite a bit more than that. And so, you know, Trey Lance was recruited by Cornell and Columbia, had a 3.9 GPA in high school, was on the dean's list in college. Easton Stick graduated, you know, with a 4.0. Um, and um, who am I missing? Oh, Carson Wentz uh, was summa cum laude. So I don't – and maybe North Dakota State is like my dog could get, a, you know, a 4.0. I don't think that's the case. But, you know, I, I do think there's a level of intelligence to these guys. Um, and so he was just saying that to go back <laughs> and now I'm officially rambling was that Carson Wentz was the less mobile and the Easton stick was more mobile and you do more things. And then Trey Lance was just a, another level altogether. And they could be, you know, e- even more creative of what they did and the way they changed their offense. Um, so I think that's interesting as obviously as it relates to, you know, because Kyle Shanahan hasn't had someone like this and um, I don't think he needs to tear up his offense, you know, and, and it's not going to be RG three uh, with Washington in, in 2012, but I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and say there might be some wrinkles uh, <laughs> to the offense that will incorporate Trey Lance's uh, unique skill set. Yeah. So you, you've mentioned just the idea and, and we had, we, we had Mark Schofield on our podcast from um, the NFL wire network, what, two weeks ago, who basically laid out the case for why Trey Lance is probably more likely to start sooner rather than later. Um, just based on what you know, like is, you know, how realistic is it that Trey Lance could be the week one starter? And if it's not week one, in your opinion, you know, is it going to be the bye week um, ahead of that Colts game that maybe Kyle Shanahan makes that decision or just what, based on your, your feel, well, how do you think Kyle Shanahan is going to approach this and the eventual transition to, uh, <laughs> to Trey Lance as Kyle's cat makes an appearance on the zoom call? Um, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you envision the, this transition to Trey Lance going and when do you think it'll happen? Well, he would definitely have to earn it, and that sounds stupid, but, I mean, if, if this was the 2018 Jets, you know, that was the last team to pick a quarterback number three. Sam Darnold was just like, oh, what the hell, you know, we suck, and let's just see if the, you know what this guy can do, and, and maybe fans will buy tickets and we'll stay relevant. I mean, he's going to have to clearly beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I, you know, based Forget what I said before. I mean, that, you know, it won't be easy, but, and that's because they have, you know, they think, and possibly with good reason, they think they have a Super Bowl contending roster. So it's not like, you know, you're going to lose the locker room if, if you're like, I'm just so curious to see what Trey Lance can do. And I just can't help myself. And so here, let's just, let's check him out. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, he's well respected, and you know that's not going to fly. But you know, if he beats his ass in training camp, everyone's it's going to be like, well, it's the same thing with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Joe Staley didn't love that, you know. 
a lot of guys didn't love that, but they also saw, holy smokes, you know, people forget, maybe they don't, but what, you know, Colin Kaepernick was unstoppable. Um, and it was just like, okay, you know, this sucks for Alex, but, and so that it'll be the same thing, but he has to do that. So I, you know, I guess the answer is the, the great unknown. I, I can see a, a scenario in which, you know, I think the Niners are sincere in saying they feel very good having Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he plays really well, um, you know, they're fine, you know, letting Trey Lance develop because it really is probably the best thing, even if he does look really, really good. I, I don't think it could, you know, hurt him you know, to sit and wait. Um, but so I guess the answer is I don't know, other than to say I won't be surprised if he's ready sooner rather than later. We knew you would go out on a limb and you didn't disappoint, <laughs> and we appreciate that a lot. <laughs> uh, I have an important non-football question, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Um, where was between Marshall and, and Fargo? Where was your favorite spot that you ate? Well, that's a good question. So thank you. I love this trip. Like my dad is from Cutbank, Montana, which is Nowheresville, and my mom is from Pecos, Texas, which is even more Nowheresville. And uh, my first job was in Logansport, Indiana, which is right. And so th- anyway, this this trip was right up my alley. Um, Chris will let you know when the Niners go to Youngstown, Ohio, <laughs> uh, to practice. I'm loving it. I was like, this is I've heard so cool. Um, so. I have problems in that way. And I can tell you that maybe the only place to eat is um, on the way, at least the way I took a couple of different ways. I won't bore you with that, but from Fargo, you go South, you get into South Dakota and in South Dakota, there is summit South Dakota and I want to say it's, I just did my expense report. So I think it was a, the coffee cup truck, truck stop. Um, and you can write that it's just all sorts of options. It's not it, calling it a truck stop. It, it, it's really doing a disservice. <laughs> Subway, they've got a pizza hut. Um, they have, must have like 16 to 20, you know, you know, places where you could fill up with gas. What am I trying to think? Gas. Station or tanks? Gas pumps. Oh, thank you. That's the big word. <laughs> Pump. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I had, um, I ate there twice and because I went to Fargo first and then to Marshall and then flew back out of Fargo. Um, and so I was at the coffee cup and forgive me folks in Summit if I got that wrong. I think it's a coffee cup truck stop. And, um, but one time I got, uh, went to Pizza Hut, or the Pizza Hut, which is in the big center of the truck stop. And I got, um, I thought it was like a, um, uh, well, <laughs> well, anyway, I thought I was getting a pizza and it turned out it was just boxed pasta. And I don't know if that was just <laughs> peculiar <laughs> to summit South Dakota <laughs> or if they do that elsewhere in the, in the country. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think pasta hut is a thing. Well, maybe so. And I will tell you, if you then you still have several hours to get to Marshall, it's a major mistake not to get a plastic fork. Anticipating pizza <laughs> and then getting getting pasta 
And since we were this deep into it and I feel comfortable with you in the audience, I was hungry enough to just, uh, yeah, eat that with uh, my right hand as I drove. You ate pasta that. you drove. Yeah, I like a common animal. I was eating pasta and shoving it into my mouth because what it wasn't like I'll take the next exit and get a plastic fork. I was in the middle of like, literally there was no place to go. It was like next rest stop, 800 miles. And so it was like, you're stuck. That's honestly one of the best things I've ever heard. I think everybody who's, who's stuck through the pod this long um, (laughs) just got rewarded in a massive way with the visual of Eric branch eating pasta by the handful <laughs> in his car driving through the uh, the upper Midwest. I think that's a great place to end it. Um, Eric, I want to just, just, just real quick, if I could, I just wanted to confirm that you are correct. You're not disparaging the, the fine folks of Summit, South Dakota. It is the Coffee Cup Travel Plaza in Summit, South Dakota, brought to you by TA Express. Okay, there you go. Can can you tease that out a little more as far as what was there Subway Pizza Hut? There was more. Uh, was boy, yeah, it's no. open twenty four hours. <laughs> Subway, was... there's a Caribou Coffee, of course. Love their K cups for the Keurig. Something called a Senex. I, I'm guessing I that's, honest, that's the actual Walgreens. gas station. I got to oh, be honest. Our our free Zoom call because this is <laughs> this is free is running short. I think we have right. less than a minute left. Um, right. So Eric, hey, if we get if if we get more deets on uh, the coffee cup travel plaza, I will pay for the extra minutes. Maybe maybe we'll do a follow up episode with Eric. On, on that wouldn't be a mistake. I don't coffee right. cup chronicles. <laughs> That's good. All right, Eric. Thank you so much for joining us. Great work as always. You can, you guys can read Eric's work uh, in the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, the master of uh, of the sniff. I just want people to know Kyle and I have have adopted the sniff as a bit. And, uh, and it was, it was Eric Branch's, he, it was, you know, he's the original. So shout out to Eric for, uh, for all you do, buddy. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Eric. All right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.